Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. History of North America is the newest addition to the Parthenon family, a proud member of the Salem Web Network. Parthenon is a podcast group featuring thought-provoking, entertaining shows about history that make listeners examine the story of humanity on a much deeper level by connecting the stories of the past with the most important issues of the present. Let's sample a taste of what this eclectic collection of podcasts has to offer with an episode of History Unplugged with Scott Rank. Teddy Roosevelt had many heroic accomplishments in his life that he performed before and after he was president. In his 20s, he was a rancher in the Dakota Territories, got in fistfights with cowboys, personally arrested thieves and brought them to justice. He led the Rough Riders, a volunteer cavalry regiment in the Battle of San Juan Heights in the Spanish-American War of 1898, was the first president to fly in an airplane aboard a submarine, after his presidency, explored the Amazon River Basin. But what few people know is at the end of his life, in the 19-teens, just after the United States entered World War I against the Central Powers, tried to get the Rough Riders back together and form a regiment against the Germans that would mean riding out on horseback against 50 caliber machine guns and would very likely mean a suicide mission, or at least for anyone else but Roosevelt, who was used to facing impossible odds. We're going to look at the final years of Roosevelt's life with guest Bill Hazelgrove, author of the new book, The Last Charge of the Rough Rider. We look at his plans for another run of the presidency in 1920, the numerous books he wrote, but the challenges he faced at this time, particularly terrible health, since he was racked with rheumatism and embolism and pathogens in his blood. And although he wasn't able to raise up a volunteer cavalry regiment, what would have happened if he would have fought in World War I? This is an exploration of a chapter in the epic life of Teddy Roosevelt. And I hope you enjoyed this discussion with Bill Hazelgrove. If there were any other ex-president who made the rounds on media claiming that he was going to lead a military regiment and go directly into war, I would have 0% belief that were true. However, when we're talking about Teddy Roosevelt, I have more belief that he would actually jump back into the saddle, literally lead a cavalry charge into war as a man in his late 50s. I'm more certain of that than I am that water is made of hydrogen and oxygen. So before jumping into the story, let's look at his first charge. Can you tell me about him leading the Rough Riders up San Juan Hill and how this plants a seed for doing the same thing a couple of decades later? Well, you know, Teddy really created actually almost uh, the war with Spain when he was assistant undersecretary of the Navy. And he had been chomping at the bit a long time to get into some kind of war and have his quote unquote crowded hour. And after the Maine blew up, I remember the Maine, then TR said, I'm going left his job, his wife, his kids, and took with him essentially a collection of cowboys, New York dilettantes, adventurers, down to Texas to train, and then to Cuba to fight the Spanish. And this ad hoc sort of volunteer force ends up at San Juan Hill. And of course, at war is a lot of confusion and Roosevelt and his men are pretty much pinned down. And by the way, Roosevelt's there on a big white horse, and most of his men are walking because they couldn't get their horses over on the Yucatan, which was this sort of barge. And Roosevelt leads a charge up San Juan Hill, the Spanish retreat. Roosevelt basically declares victory. And through the media, he comes out as the man who won the Spanish-American War. And this sort of sets this bar of... Roosevelt can do anything. Roosevelt, who turns around this battle, 
wins it, and then comes back, this sort of man who's destined one way or another to be president. So the Rough Riders, the regiment scatters to all parts of the United States. And again, mostly are a lot of cowboys. The Rough Riders immediately baked into this thought that American exceptionalism goes to one American can beat any five foreign fighters. And this is carried through the early part of the 20th century because you know, we're still sitting behind our oceans. We have no direct contact with any kind of warfare beyond what we've experienced in the Plains Wars. And then World War I breaks out. It makes sense that later in his life, he'll want to return to this because charging up San Juan Hill is what makes him an international celebrity. And later, when he's deep in middle age, trying to figure out the next chapter of his life, it's sort of like a man deep in middle age, thinking about his glory days, going back to his old college campus. So we'll return to this moment, but San Juan Hill wasn't the first time that Roosevelt did something like this. His character had been forged much earlier, and you wrote an entire book about his forging, specifically in the Dakota Badlands. What are events that happened there and maybe later on in his life that made him the sort of person who would lead a cavalry regiment as a sickly ex-president? Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. As you know, Teddy Roosevelt was very sickly as a child. Acute asthma, Crohn's disease. It's just this child who people really didn't think he would make it to adulthood. So after his father gave him the famous edict of you have the mind but not the body, without the body, the mind can't go far, he starts to build himself up. And then, of course, in 1883, his wife and his mother die on the same day, one of Crohn's disease, the other a typhoid. And he lights out for the Dakotas and the Badlands. And this, again, in my book, Forging a President, this was my thesis that this created the Teddy Roosevelt, the three years he spent out there. And what happened was he sort of had one foot in modernity and then one foot in this classic mythology-infused Wild West that still existed. Geronimo was still running around out there. And so Roosevelt does all the things that one would think of almost in a movie. He confronts one bad man in a bar. He goes into a bar late at night. I think it was in Mingusville. And this man has his guns out, blazing away, and comes over to Roosevelt and says, Four Eyes is going to pay. And Roosevelt ignores him. And the man hangs over and says, I said, Four Eyes is going to buy a drink and pay. And then Roosevelt, who's a boxer, because this is part of building himself up, says, Well, if I have to, I have to. Stands up, hits him with a right, a left, and knocks the man out cold. And this is immediately his stock rises in the West. But this is just the first event of Roosevelt's, if you will, sort of transformation from this sickly kid to this barrel-chested, burly cowboy that also comes about from being on roundups, riding 24 hours, 
going after two bad men who go down the Missouri River in the dead of winter, and Roosevelt chases them down in a boat, reading Tolstoy, of course, and uh, brings them back to justice and confronting Indians. He's way out on the plains, and then uh, another plains way out in the Dakotas, and the Indians confront him. Roosevelt gets down behind the pommel of his saddle with his Winchester across it and holds off the Indians. I mean, this is all very mythic things, but Roosevelt actually did this. And also, you know, he wrote his sister, I'd never been healthier. And Roosevelt had a great quote where he said, black care rarely sits close to the rider who rides fast enough, which is his way of saying action is the tonic for everything. And his whole life, this is what he will do. He will react to grief to defeat with action. And so this three years is very transformative where he comes back a very different person and launches himself into life. You know, he said a couple of things about his time out West. He said, one, this was the great adventure of my life. And two, he said, I could have never been president if I hadn't gone West. And so this sort of sets up this ethos of action. Action is preeminent. There's one scene I wish I could see. It's when Roosevelt is spending 36 hours awake marching the boat thieves back to justice and having them tied up at night in order to keep himself awake. He's reading Anna Karenina to them. And as these barely literate cowboys are shivering in the dark, they're utterly baffled as this guy is reading about the petty politics and machinations of upper class Russian society with the women in their petticoats and thinking, what have I got myself into? I have no idea what's going on. Must have been the most baffled person who ever lived and existed. Some other high points in his life that also play into his health as we're leading up to World War One are the events of 1912, both during the election where he's giving a speech and it's cut short. But then immediately after, when he goes on an expedition, both of these events speak to his character, but also affect his health and explain why he isn't in the best of shape leading up to the First World War. So could you speak to some of these events that happened? Well, the first event was Roosevelt was up in the Milwaukee Convention Center to give a speech, and a man named John Schrank was waiting for him. And Roosevelt was sitting in a car, and he thought this man wanted to shake his hand. And so Roosevelt stands up and goes to shake his hand. The man shoots him in the chest, I think it was a thirty-eight, And the bullet goes through his glasses case. And then through his speech, he had a big army coat on. It went through that and lodges in his ribs. And so he checks in his mouth to see if he's bleeding from his lungs or anything. Finds out he's not. And everybody from him said, well, you've got to go to the hospital. He says, nonsense. I came to give a speech. I'm going to give a speech. And so he goes into the Milwaukee Convention Center, and or actually the Milwaukee Coliseum, and he gives a speech. It goes on for 90 minutes, and he says, friends, I need you to bear with me. I've just been shot. And he shows everybody his bleeding shirt under his coat, and people are just stunned. And he gets to utter the immortal lines, it takes more than a bullet to stop a bull moose. And then he comes off the stage, they they whisk him to a hospital down in Chicago on a train, he sleeps like a baby, and they have to leave the bullet in anyway. So again, who else would go and speak after being shot? And not only speak, he was originally going to speak for 60 minutes, but then he, he extended it. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. Doctors endorse it. Nutritionists recommend it. 
and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.